Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Lori Singer, who is a well, an American actress, uh, well-known for many films, and uh, is uh, coming out east now to participate in the Artist Writers Game. Uh, do you visit or do you have a place out here too? I have had places out in the Hamptons and I love it. I love uh, particularly East Hampton. I, I, take, I keep my pictures of East Hampton always around. <laughs> and uh, I was out there actually during this uh, I was fortunate enough to be there during this terrible pandemic. I was um, sort of cordoned off in an area that was, um, you know, quite isolated, and and it was. It's always so beautiful there that it's it's just um, it's amazing, and I, I love being out there. Yeah, at me the too. Moment, yeah, at the moment I don't own a house, but but I have, and I do love it. And I have many friends that, that do have houses, and, and they're usually very. You were born in Texas, and uh, how how long were you there before you moved away? Uh, I, I love Texas, and I feel like every place that I've lived is in me. Like, I feel like I carry the places with me. Um, and Texas, I was there for about four years, uh, five years, and I still have family in Dallas. And we used to go back every summer for two months to, to visit in Dallas. So uh, I love Texas, and I feel very uh, connected to it, connected to the land and the people in a certain way. Yep. Uh, how did you Where come are you from, Dan? What? Where are you from? I'm from Milburn, New Jersey. It's a, it's a uh, suburb of New York City, yes. sort of like Great Neck. Yes. But I moved out here when I was a teenager. So I, I was so stunned by how beautiful it was. Yes. I said, I, here's where I want to stay. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing. I, I remember the first time that I went to Paris, and I was, um, I think, 19, and I got off the plane, and the light immediately struck me, because my whole life, of course, I I loved the impressionists, you know, Monet, Manet, Manet, Cezanne, you know, and and I knew immediately why uh, all these great painters um, were drawn to East Hampton, because the light is so so amazing. It's, it's gentle. And it, yeah, yes. soft, gentle. It's I lived in Aix for about four months, Aix-en-Provence. Oh, yes. It was Cezanne's country and yes. it had the same quality. And I said, this is like home. I know why they came. I also felt the same thing. It's just, it really, it's, it, the light itself has a feeling and it bathes you in a certain kind of a aura that's, that's unusual. And I think there's a particular spot for it where it really comes through strong and it's on uh, Springs Fireplace Road heading up past the country store. Mm -hmm. uh, and somehow it's like this fantasy from some fairy movie or something. Uh, it goes up for only about a mile and then it kind of, I don't know where it goes, but it goes somewhere. 
Do you, do you want to tell us more about that fantasy, Dan? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you want to share here? It's like a Disney movie, I guess, or it's more like uh, just a gentle, it's almost like getting a massage. You go up there and you lie down or you sit in the grass and it's just this dome of, of, of uh, soft, that's why I use that word. I really, I really love it up there. I was going to buy some property up there, but I never did. Is it, do, you have a, do you have some kind of hidden treasure map to this location? Yeah, it's up past um, Barnes Store. You remember where that oh, is? Yeah. Yes, I do. It's up Springs Fireplace Road, uh, just past the uh, Ashwa Hall, going away north. Yes. Next time you're out, yeah. take a ride up there. You'll see it. Uh, yeah, I will. I, I hope this weekend. I, I found the same feeling um, just and also, at, of course, at Magic Hour, you know, the light is amazing, but just in general, also over Georgica Pond early in the morning and oh, late yeah. at night, there's a very special, special feeling there. And it's yeah. just, you can stand there for hours. It's just so beautiful. So you, you became an actress, but were you, were you, uh, uh, tempted to become, uh, I know you became a concert uh, cellist, was it? And uh, why you could have, you could have kept going with that career. So how did that, uh, well, look, look, there's your friend. Let me see. I don't even know how to answer that. But you say tempted. I've been tempted by many things and maybe that's why I chose acting because it allows you perspective. It allows you to step into a different persona and carry and, 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 have a different view that's very powerful. And, and um, I find the same with music, you know, the, the disciplines are different, but it's all the, in the arts. It all, every art gives to, gives to the other. Um, every film that I do, I choose a different composer, a different choice of style of music that inspires me. I choose a different book, book uh, to be reading at that time and to enhance the character, what they would be doing. And I try and live it as full as I can of those eight weeks of filming and hopefully the um, you know, month or so uh, leading up to it at least, hopefully more pre preparation. But you know, just the idea of stepping into that fantasy to me was so alluring and I, I worked very hard at it and, and, and was fortunate enough to have a lucky opportunity and, and I took it. Has, has there been a character that you found harder to become than, uh, than others from any of the movies? Well, most of them, I think there's sort of, you know, if, if you don't feel that you can bring something that's to live truthfully in that being, if you don't feel you can step inside of that, then um, I don't think it's a good fit. And uh, so far, I, I, I kind of can get lost kind of easily in my roles. That's sort of the fun of it uh, and the danger. To people <laughs> That's another story. So, you know, maybe some other time we'll talk about that, Dan. But yeah, so um, yeah, so that's, that's the beauty of it. Music is always, music is like uh, my religion. I grew up with it. My father was a conductor mm. from Europe. He came and, uh, to Ellis Island. And uh, my mother was an amazing pianist from Texas. And um, so I carry both as best I can of their disciplines uh, with me as, as best I can. And they're both great artists. You've um, been playing in the Artist Raiders game for many years. Yep. And uh, 
Do you step into a role for that, or is that? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I wanted to I wanted to ask you of things that have happened during those years that you could, if you remember any highlights, oh, yeah. highlights of the yeah. game. The game is going to be on August 21 in uh, Herrick Park behind the Stop and Shop. Used to be Bohacks and some other play, A and P. A and P, yeah, I remember it as A and P. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. What do you re what do you remember as as from the game? Oh, well, you know, it's such a magical game, uh, baseball itself, and so timeless, and so ephemeral in some ways, and it's just an amazing game because you can play any time you step on a baseball field. If you have the fortune of having played it when you were little, you all the feelings rush back to you of being that nine-year-old or 11-year-old or 13-year-old and all the dreams that you can get a hit and that you'll be on base and you'll somehow score and, and, and everyone will be together and, and other, every, your teammates will be all doing, you know, playing their best and, you know, just all the excitement of, of baseball sort of fills you up the moment you step on the, on the grass. Where do you what play? What uh, position do you play? Uh, I, I I used to play every Saturday and sometimes every Sunday in Sag Harbor, um, with the with the most of the players that's also playing the Artist Riders game, uh, with Mort Zuckerman pitching, Leaf Hope pitching, uh, Roy Scheider. Um, we had so many players: Ken Aletta, uh, Carl Bernstein, just uh, Walter Isaacson, just uh, the Sokolos, the Sokolo family. Uh, Mel and Diane and Alex and Sam and Betsy. We just, we, Debbie, you know, Debbie McEnany, Kevin McEnany, uh, John Scanlon, Art Eisenberg, Steve Schwartz. I don't know how to, I don't know, I could just name, you know, so many people, people. David, who was, who would play catcher. Uh, just a lot of people. It was, it was an amazing game. And, and, and sometimes, uh, at least a couple of times, Kurt Vonnegut dropped by. And that was a thrill. And uh, if you were lucky, he said something to you because sometimes you might get a hit and play especially well because he was watching. And um, it was just a great game. It, it was high spirits. It was wild witticisms. And the only thing, you know, all the witticisms were faster than, than the pitches sometimes. I mean, it, it was just crazy. Uh, and it was so funny. And, and there was also a bit of rivalry in the sense that whatever would have happened politically in New York City or Boston, as, as uh, we were close to Boston because of, of more also. Uh, so it, anything that would happen in the news, if there was any kind of a, of a disagreement, that disagreement would definitely, whether spoken or unspoken, but you, without doubt, at least a few bomos, uh, would be thrown across the field. So there was always a heightened sense of whatever happened to any of these people playing, they would carry it onto the field and, you know, someone would especially want to catch someone's hit and someone else would be rather ferociously trying to tag someone out and, you know, and someone and on some days, everyone would be particularly gentle with someone because they'd had a hard week. It was just, it was really imbued with, with humanity, you know, and, and, uh, and, and artistry also, because we had a, the cool thing about baseball is that it's also such an individualistic sport. You're standing in the field and you may not even touch the ball. I mean, the entire game, it's, it's conceivable that you could stand out there and not touch the ball the entire game, except when you bat it. 
you know, and then you don't actually touch it, the bat touches the ball. So it's just, the whole game is so much a game of chance, a game of, of thought, a game of strategy, a game of relying on your teammates. And that's what we all had. It felt like family. And for those two hours, all problems evaporated, all real politics evaporated. And it was just sheer, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know what to say, a, a really a party, a party, a, a game, you know, a game of, uh, of sort of in, intense proportions. I remember a play that you were involved with. That, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that play. Were, you weren't playing in the game. You were sitting in this, on the grass on the first base side. Do you remember this? Well, well. I'll tell it to you. If yes, you I do remember. I know exactly what happened. My version is slightly different, though. So if you so, go ahead. If you want to tell your version, right, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell it to you, and then you can correct me because I was umpiring behind behind the. <laughs> Listen. And what happened? Was an umpire. Well, that's why I remember it for the most part. But I also thought at the time you did something really smart on the spur of the moment while you were not even playing. What happened was somebody hit a little foul ball low, fairly low to 10 feet up midway down the first baseline. And it was going to come down in the grass where some spectators were sitting. And the man who hit the ball, I think it was Carl Bernstein, I'm not sure. Um, he um, he started down toward first base, and you were playing for the other team, and were sitting in the grass. And I didn't notice you at all because I was watching the ball to see if it was going to be foul or fair. And it came down into this crowd, and George Plimpton, who was at first base, wandered over to get under it, and he's looking up at it not paying any attention. People are getting out of his way because they could get stepped on. And some, as the ball comes into his mitt, somebody, I can't imagine who, leaps up and pushes the ball out of his hand so that it is not an out, which I think had some significance in the game, which I don't recall, uh, but it might've meant the whole game. And, um, uh, knocked it away so that it was somewhere between uh, the last out and interference, but could also <laughs> could also be considered uh, uh, just a foul ball, which which is what in fact I initially called it. Now you remember this. Correct me if I re remembered any part of it wrong. No, listen. Okay, this is my perspective. It was a beautiful day. There was a very gentle breeze coming in from left field. It was just, the, the grass smelled so sweet and we were playing beautifully. And we were a little bit down in the game, but suddenly someone comes up to bat. I'm sitting on the sidelines and I realized these people are very close to the first baseline. Like this yeah. is really, y'all should move back. But there was such an excitement to be part of this game. And Roy Scheider would sit on the side and Paul Simon, I, I hear was, was also sometimes there. I had never played when he was in the game, but all these you know, people would come and, and sit there and talk to the crowd. It's a very convivial, just a lovely, lovely atmosphere, lovely feeling of the game on the sidelines. And um, so I was sitting there and there was a woman with a baby sitting right next to me. And suddenly there's a tremendous hit, so high, so high, it was just, 
really a very high pop-up, I mean, intense. But it also had a tremendous backspin because I think it might've been Mort spinning, uh, pitching and he puts a big back, backspin on the, on the ball. So I was looking up and suddenly this woman with the baby was looking away and I thought, this is really like, I have to take action here. <laughs> and the ball was coming Save down. Life. <laughs> and so what I did was it, was, it was really very high coming down. All I did was right away move to my left, which is where she was actually. And it, it wasn't to my right, it was to my left. And, and first base was over here. So I was actually moving away from first base and I put my hand out to stop it. And, 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 and someone was standing over me kind of, but not really, someone was sort of coming in that direction. And I merely blocked it from hitting really right, her and her baby like this. Suddenly there's a tremendous outroar, both benches empty, everyone's on the field. The next thing I know, and I was thinking like, all I did was try and save this woman's baby from the face. <laughs> and, 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 and suddenly now it's a legendary play for the other team. So that's my story. Well, I'm, I it, I'm telling you, I'm sticking to it. So. <laughs> I, you. I thought you were trying to win the game. <laughs> well, it's a great game. Did you see the picture of the mascot we have? Wonderful mascot, amazing mascot. Yes. Piping plover yes. that I got from China. Ah. I was worried it wouldn't come in time because I, they said it would come. I ordered it in June and they said it would come between August 1 and August 15. I said, that's pretty close to the game, which is August 21. So I spent the extra 20 bucks for expedited shipping. <laughs> And then I watched and uh, people are angry on the Chinese side and people are angry on the American side. I figure at any moment, the, 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 the steel wall will come down and nothing will come from China anymore, including our seven foot mascot. And then it arrived. Oh, it's wonderful. And so we have it. I took some pictures of it with one, one of my sons was wearing it. Okay, that's so very cool. That's gonna be at the game. Yes. Uh, we, but it, 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 that's part of what it's going to be, and it, it'll be good to see you there. Um, tell me, we have a few minutes left. Tell me um, what you quickly what you were just finished up with and, and doing, if you can, because some of this stuff always stays secret. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see um, what's happening. But I, I just worked on a on a, on a film, um, a very interesting film. Uh, with Victor Nunez, who is an amazing director. Uh, he did Flash of Green and Uli's Gold and Ruby in Paradise. And um, he's, he really is a sort of a visionary director and, and uh, does it all. He, write, he wrote, he directed, he's editing, he's, he shot, even he even was a cinematographer for this film. And uh, it's very much his vision. And um, I play a writer that uh, has some struggles. And um, at the end of the movie, it's a very beautiful story. At the end of the movie, she she sort of comes into her own in a in a very uh, very uh, sort of rather enigmatic way, and uh, he's a wonderful director. So you're you're just coming down from that. Are you yes. in that character? Yeah, right? I have all my bags here actually. Nothing's unpacked. I have you know. Are you in that character right now? What? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> every every Laurie Singer. Yeah, I suppose everything has an influence on you. Certainly every role I've ever played has made an amazing impact on my, on my, on my real life, if, if there is a real life. 
it's had an amazing impact. Yeah, maybe that's just what we play that can go on and on. Yeah. Just all, we play our lives. Yes. Um, well, the, thank you the for- The myriad of faces we present, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure. I always look forward to seeing you at the game. You're an yeah, amazing- I'll, I'll be there in the game. Yeah. And I, and I hope I get a hit. I know that uh, I'm very proud of my playing the last two years, uh, not 20, but not because uh, because of the pandemic. And, and um, thank you again to all the first responders and heroic people that, that you know, helped keep uh, everyone as safe as possible. And, uh, and the doctors that found the vaccine is amazing. There was heroism going on now. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just going to say I had a good two, two years. I, I got a hit uh, in 2018 to write and I got a hit in 2019 to left. And so I guess uh, you can guess where I'm aiming this year to get, try and get to hit. But um, so we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully I'll be in good playing shape. I won't be on the IL. Uh, yeah, is it the IL? Yeah, it's the IL, right? What's that, the independent league? No, the, the injured list, like-, like um, Oh no, you're not on the injured Like league. Aaron Judge, you know, I gotta, I gotta be sure not to get on the IL, so. Well, I'm talking to Lori Singer, and I thank you again for coming. I'll see you then. See you Bye. then. Bye.